Welcome, everybody, to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is a podcast. You know what it's all about on this podcast? Joy. Yeah, this is all about joy. And? And pleasure. 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 <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. You know what? If you've never listened to our podcast, welcome. Welcome. We're so happy to have you during this time that you're even seeking joy and pleasure when shit is hitting the fan the way it is on hey. a daily basis. Hey. It says a lot about you. So congratulations. Congratulations. Welcome. <laughs> We're happy that you're here. If you want to follow us online, it's All Heart Podcast. Instagram's a good place to find us. Yes. Allheartpodcast at gmail.com. We got we got a website coming soon. We do. We yeah, we maybe by the time this drops. I don't it know. Maybe. It's there. <laughs> We're just trying to decide which home we wanted to have. Low low key Thea be designing websites, y'all. She yeah. she got a low key. I gotta design. design my sisters before any of y'all hit me up. <laughs> She's gonna be on my ass. I'm just saying, Thea low key, she got a little, she got some skills. I'm not good with like coding and shit, but now that you don't have to do that shit, <laughs> I'm actually amazing at this. <laughs> okay, Leo. I know. You started this Leo shit a year ago. You should have never introduced me to your baby. When I saw him, he's a Leo I wanna be when I grow up. You know, we had a hotel party for his birthday. Again? Yeah. We back, we we back again. He set the standard. He's he had a great time. I know, I know. Like I totally get it now. Like I'm moving into my fullness. But after the hotel, it's a great life. Hotel. Actually. He yeah. swam out hours in the pool. I mean, it was you know, it's a real sweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he got yeah. up. He had like waffles. I love it. He had his full hotel breakfast, and then I he looks it. at us and he was like, "So what's up with the movies?" And I was like, are you serious right After, now? Oh, yeah, no, he is. And I'm telling you. And then when I said no, he went to my sister. Who said yes? Of course. Yeah. Of See? course she said my yes. My thing is, like, I realize not living as a full-blown Leo is a huge mistake on my part. It is. It's literally sunshine all the fucking time, if you let it be. You are, you're not even aware of when it's raining in other parts of the world. Like, you're like... What's rain? It's amazing. I just could see myself staying there for quite a yeah, while. And then you get really pissed off when people try to bring the rain. You're describing his life. It's like, whoa, whoa, what is this negative shit? Yeah, you're describing Drag his it life. to my doorstep. You're describing his life. You give him some like really beautiful, very expensive art supplies. <laughs> Love it. Very heavy paper, you know. The good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to give him all the stuff he wants and he's in his own world. And if you try to like fuck up his flow, his vibe, yeah. he, he starts like, but like hitting himself receive, in the chest. But like, the more giving we become, like we're so, then we become really generous. Like here. He's generous to me. Yeah, he's generous. Oh, because you give. Yeah, well. Yeah, you supply. Yeah. If we're supplied, we, if we're generous <laughs> to our suppliers. I can't, I can't say Leos are generous to everyone. No, not if you don't supply them. <laughs> so my problem is I've been a Leo who's generous to everyone. Yeah, you can't be that. No. That's probably going to change. <laughs> this is just too much fun. It is Look fun. how chill I am. When have you ever seen me this chill? Well, you haven't been working for like months. It's true. That too. Also, it's, you know, it's my season. <laughs> I might kick back like this shit till like August 23rd and fucking Virgos come take it from me, snatch it from my hands. <laughs> Here it comes, snatching it. God damn it! Every year, I can. I have to say, Leo season's cool. Cancer season was a was a we, shit show. Let's, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Let's it leave, was rough. Let's leave July where July was. <laughs> What's wrong? July man. Mercury, uh, whatever. July We're out of it. I started. I started writing immediately 
On the, tw- on the second, I was up writing. That's beautiful. But not a moment before. It was really difficult. Well, what's going on with you? What's on your heart today? You know, I, I think I'm going to use my heart to heart time. I want to give a shout out to Nye and Mo. Okay. So Nye and Mo. Nye is my mentee. I love her to pieces. One of my babies from Cal State LA. And, you know, life has taken her on a journey. She's in Indiana working. And her and her partner came to visit. And they are just like watching them, or it's like watching two butterflies. They're so sweet mm. and so charming. Even this morning, my daughters were like, they feel just so good to be around, you know? Oh, They're just sweet. so sweet and thoughtful. I love them to pieces. And so they brought gifts, but not just for me, who they know they brought a gift for you too, Noni. Thank you, y'all. That is so sweet. It's so thoughtful. They really love the podcast. They they really are super supportive. And I think it's just great in general because sometimes, you know, in the work that we do, we don't always get to see the direct impact. On the generation that came after us, right? Like, mm. this is really important as we move into. I, I we're not well, okay. We're not going to claim it, <laughs> but as I, we move up and other generations move in, is what I was saying. <laughs> I think it's really important that we start thinking about ways that we can, you know, build community and family with, mm. you know, our non biological children who are agree. coming up and learning from us. And yeah. so it's been it's been and will continue to be such a beautiful uh, relationship and interaction. I was so grateful that they came and got we had to spend some time with them. And just also hearing about how they felt about the podcast, because, you know, we get a lot of feedback from different people, too, which is great. And, you know, they're younger than me. So I always like mm-hmm. to listen to... I do. I like to listen to people younger than me. Me too. I like to um, to get their opinion and their feedback on things. And I, they carry a lot of wisdom. So that was like... That's filled my heart. You know, I've had a great week. I can't complain. I had a great birthday week. I got to spend time with different people at different times and share meals. And instead of doing like a huge big party, it was kind of cool to just have one-on-one time with people. Because one of the, the main things I learned this summer... Um, is relationships. And one of the main reasons I want to shift my life to a life that I have more time um, within my own control is because it's more than just like, can you do this thing and it be like through Instagram or through email, but like really being able to sit and talk with people mm-hmm. and spend time with people has been amazing and made me realize I'm like super well cared for. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really cared for. Like just when I need it, you'll send me a text or somebody will send me a funny picture. And I'm like... That's them taking care of me. And I've seen all of it as care, which it's not that it wasn't care before. It's just that I didn't have the time to slow down and, and recognize it as such. Mm. Um, and so I don't feel this like sense of pressure to take care of everything the way I used to. I feel now like, no, I got people that like take care of that like or take care of me or like take care of us or like whatever it looks like. And that's been an observation of just like slowing down and recognizing that where I really want to invest my time and money is in relationships. Mm. I remember I've had trouble figuring that out, like business-wise. Like, what do you invest in? What do you invest in? And for me, I think it's always going to be people. I mean, people's dreams, people, time yeah. with people, um, healing with people, but just people. Like, it has to be associated with that because, you know, this economy is going to shit anyway. So, Absolutely. People economy is important. <laughs> I think you heard it here first, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but if I'm I th- right, I think it's a thing. TM. Say that other thing that you've been saying about fear. Oh, 
I don't fuck with fear like that. That's that's what <laughs> I love say. that. I love it a lot. T-shirts coming at you. Do you guys do you guys want a T-shirt from All Heart Podcast that says I don't fuck with fear like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it on this podcast and I didn't even think of it really. I was like, I was like, I don't fuck with fear like that. Like I mean, it was a, it was I was very genuine about it, and um, one of the uh, the guests on the podcast I saw recently, and she was like, you know, I've been thinking about that shit since I saw you last, like. She said, I've been running situations like, yeah, I don't fuck with fear like that. I was like, you know what? That needs to be a T-shirt. We need to be walking around in these streets with that. So all heart is going to get y'all right. I love that. Uh, I've been cool. I've been a little edgy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm probably not going to go off on my edginess today, but I'll... I'll is there? Is there. You're feeling froggy. I've just been edgy. You know, I've been, I've been a little bit... um, And this is a different known for me. Yeah, I you know, I can hear my voice right now, don't even sound sweet. <laughs> Y'all don't know these voices usually so sweet. It's just it's just like real. So I think, yeah, I think where I'm at, where what's on my heart is like I wish y'all could see your eyes. It's like be yourself. If that's the where the fuck you are, be there. Oh, if you on the edge, live there. This is fun. You know, like if you there But you know what I realized? We change voices. Hey, you don't have we to. We swapped voices. You don't y'all. need. You, you. I sound like the chill, mellow person, and Noni sounds like the fuck that man. We ain't forgiving shit. You know what? Well, we will, we will forgive. We will forgive. I will forgive you, but I'm, but I'm, but you might feel it first. You know, <laughs> we it's finally happened. We've been around each each other so much. We've swapped voices. Oh, this is funny. So yeah, I'm just feeling a little edgy. This has been a lot of changes. A lot of. You know, I'm still in that season. I'm still in this this season of massive change and things mm-hmm. happening and trying to figure out where I'm going. Feels feels um what did someone tell me the other day? Right now you're learning how to go with the flow. I was like, bitch, yeah. Like And for Earth sign. You're learning to go with the flow. Like i like a good plan. <laughs> Earth don't flow. <laughs> Go with the flow. I, flow. I'm like, I make the flow. I make. I set Wait, the now you flow. Now you got to tap into our Pisces moon. I'm all the way. I, I don't have no choice. You don't have a choice. That's the, that's where you got to get your water from, listen, your flow. Listen, I've been at my mama's house. I could go back to my house. I've just still been there. Yeah, man. Because I just like. It's nice. Keep, I just keep waking up like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this today. Shit, you got air conditioning yeah, here. It's nice. You got at least wait out through the summer. Until the heat goes down a little bit. Watch it. Why stuff? I mean, you got a backyard. It's nice. It's not. I'm not the only one doing laundry. Why should I? Or thinking about dinner. I mean, just even thinking about it. Yeah, I'd be looking around like none of y'all thought about food. I mean, I think because I got little people, so I have to, have think, to about think about three about squares. It. Yeah. So yeah. every time I look around, girl, let them get a little bit older. I was dropping off my kids today. I was like, "Y'all didn't eat." I don't know what to tell you. Don't be going up in here like we didn't have no food. There was, then I started listing. There was eggs. There was cereal. There was bagels. There was cream cheese. There was grilled cheese. There was. I, I just go down the list. When you get older, when they, it's like you don't do this. Well, I've been. Um, I did a session today. Um, for I've been reading this book called The Emotion Code. You're talking about that, yeah. and I did a session in it today. And the thing that I wanted to share was they had this, these statements and, you know, they test your body to see if the statement is true or not. Mm-hmm. And the, the first statement is, I love myself. And I was like, of course, like, <laughs> there's no- next check. <laughs> Give me something harder. 
And I thought, what a what a thing to be like in my thirties, and that's not even a question n- any longer. We don't fuck with fear like that. And the work that's happened over this time mm-hmm. to really just be so secure in my my love for myself. Mm-hmm. My my edge comes from loving myself. Yeah, I love myself so much that. If you're like interrupting me or you're not calling me back. I'm not valuing me. In some way, if yeah. I feel devalued. Now, now, me feeling devalued. Doesn't mean you're is being... a, Exactly. It's a matter of perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this is also. But the bottom line, It though, could also be completely illusionary. And I'm aware. And we're aware. But, the, but I do agree. I think in our 30s, the, that love is very different for me than it was in my 20s. It's like, it's very secure. Like, it's not a question. The question is now, how am I going to communicate with the world how I want to be loved? But the statement that was false was feeling worthy of love coming from other people. Mm. Now, that's a whole nother, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother ball game. Mm. I, I feel worthy of my love. Right. But right. like the idea of like how my worth ties into your perception mm-hmm. of my worth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dealing with all that, that was a lot to kind of unlock. Conquer. I really, I really, really love the emotion code. It's. I really, I'm, that's on my list. I'm going to get that. It's still. I really am excited to try to work that out. Yeah. Add it to my list. I'm going to keep kind of talking about it and checking in here right now. How far in it are you? Oh, I'm like halfway through. Okay. So and I have time to catch up and we can do an episode about it. Yeah. You have yeah. time to catch up. We can. I would love to do an episode. I should try to get it before I leave for my flight. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah. That would be great because it would be great to bring in a motion code practitioner. Yeah. And we could kind of dig into it. And we have like, practitioners. Yeah, so. yeah. It doesn't seem like the kind of book that you can just like go through. You have to no, it's like it, chapter by chapter. Yeah, like, it is. Like I'm reading it on Audible. Straight through. I'm reading it on okay. Audible. So you, like with Untethered Soul. Remember, I had to stop. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's not like that. It's, okay. it's not that deep. It's 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 a it's a it's method. Okay. It's a method, and it's teaching you how to also do it on yourself. Okay. And how to see where your trapped emotions are, and like where they are in your body, and. You know, and after my session, I felt like, I mean, I felt really joyful. Mm. I felt lighter. I mean, I felt like. This is a session you did or you did with a practitioner? I did with a practitioner. Oh, wow. Okay. This but morning. I remember you really liked the um, emotion. What was the type of therapy that you, the tapping? Oh, I, I, I love EFT, yeah. but I, I like somatic work. Somatic work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you like that a lot. You like work that involves the body. Yeah, I want to bring a somatic practitioner on here as well. Like I, I'm really getting, I'm working on a creative project that has me like really investigating a mm-hmm. lot of different modes of healing mm-hmm. and how we can heal ourselves. Yeah, and for sure. Different kinds of healers. So I'm just exploring a lot of that. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It feels great. Yeah. You know, it yeah. feels really great. So let's, you want to get into our subject of the day? Shoa. Let's do it. Okay. Let's- Let's jump in. Okay, so y'all, this is... This is very interesting, though, because we've changed personality. No wonder she likes this. This is kind of nice. <laughs> the floating feels good. It doesn't feel great to me. Oh, yeah. You got to make it. You got to make it work for you. Like a new pair of fucking heels. Oh, but I... Like I learning to walk in I, them. I, I, it feels good. It's powerful. It's like, wait. I ain't doing that shit. You know what? And if you would have held out, if you would have held out by morning, it might have been like, you know what? I shouldn't have said what I said. You'd be like, exactly. Um, okay, so y'all... But you know, maybe it's because like... So y'all, before know. before we get into our next thing, our, our producer just mentioned that we've uh, swapped personalities. We body swapped. <laughs> body swapped. That Thea is peace and blessings. I am the new voice of Naomi. 
<laughs> I'm going to slowly start. But I do have to tell you, let me tell you, because I did pull 12 hour work days all, all week. It'll change your mood, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there Come is on. a little something about working full being a little, just having a little underscore of rage <laughs> that leads you to accomplish some shit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. A little bit of like, fuck that. You sleeping on me helps. Hey, you know what? Because if I was like this all the time, I'll be honest, I really haven't got much shit done <laughs> in this mode <laughs> all summer. Now, beautiful things have come my way, but I've been like, oh shit, I was supposed to send him that pitch last week. <laughs> I never miss deadlines. But this summer, I've been like, can you just work with me? You're like, I'm, I, you know, you send me voice memos. I'm just going to be in my garden this morning. <laughs> Literally. Like, in our garden. I've been in my garden obsessively. It's ridiculous. I know I have to snap out of it. I know I do because I ain't getting shit done. I never miss deadlines. My kids are like, are we going to school shop? Eventually, all things work out. Yo, I was calling, because I've been casting this past week. I was calling agents. I used to call agents like this. Uh, hi. Hi, this is um, this is Noni. Yeah, I'm calling from this company. Um, do, you, do you mind transferring me to adult commercial? This, mm-hmm. I need adult commercial. What's up? And they're like, well, uh, who is this? Who because is you this? don't have time. I've just been like, hey, look, I'm, I'm done with this job at 5 p.m. But I'm so you better you, go ahead and run it. A lot of it I realize is working full time. When I like like mm. at a place where you can't control the time. So when you can't You're when right. you don't control your time and your time is obligated to different people, like it's like when I made my own schedule, think about when I worked my other job. Think about it. When yeah. I worked Hathaways, I made my own schedule. When I worked Children's Law Center, I made my own schedule. We were having Noni treat days. Yeah. It was it was really having a nine to five. But there's something about the the grind because I've been working a lot. You've been grinding I, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, and it I don't. Take, really it ha- takes away your personality. You ain't got time. You don't. You don't I'll, feel sweet. I don't feel sweet. You don't feel sweet. I like to make money in a way that is like you start off the morning sweet, but then by like. <laughs> 10, 30, 11. And I've been drinking coffee, too. Ooh, that'll do it. That'll do it. Now, I don't even drink coffee. I don't even drink coffee. She didn't drink it. She didn't evolve beyond my specimen. Y'all know I don't drink no coffee. I don't drink coffee. You didn't evolve. My parents were like, are you drinking coffee? You? Because you become like an angry corporate person. <laughs> this is like, this is what working nine to five does. I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I just want y'all to know. I'm trying to hold on to this person, but I don't know. Y'all may see us switch back in a couple weeks. Uh, so our subject for today is very appropriate. Appropriate for what we're discussing. <laughs> our subject today is the angry black woman. Dun, dun, dun. This is a continuation, by the way, of our last discussion because yeah. we were thinking about those congresswomen being targeted as angry women of color, specifically... You know, the angry black woman think Maxine Waters gets this too, you know. Yeah, this is a, a kind of a part too. I mean, I want to tell all our listeners who aren't black women, listen closer. Move into your earphones. Come, come to us. It's story time. <laughs> long, long ago. I, I'm going to do a little fact first. We're going to do a little fact finding mention. I love You this. know, this is from Wikipedia, which I, you know... So the angry black woman, I got some facts here. This is from Wikipedia. You know what? I wanted to read it from Wikipedia since it's crowdsourced. I thought, what is the the crowd? Who is this crowd? What is this crowd saying about the angry black woman? Here we go. Mm. 
The fact that you could Google angry black woman. First and of all, it, I'm angry that a crowd didn't put this together already. Angry black woman is something you can Google. Absolutely. Angry white woman. I didn't Google it, but I'm sure it doesn't. Please, exist. it doesn't exist it's like in Wikipedia. Owned by Hoteps. <laughs> the angry black woman stereotype is a trope in American society that portrays black women as sassy. Ill-mannered and ill-tempered by nature. Related concepts are the sapphire or sassy black woman. Mm. I want to talk about, oh, it says West defines the pervasive sapphire angry black woman image as a template for portraying almost all black women and as serving several purposes. West sees it as Passion and righteous indignation often misread as irrational anger. This is a black woman who wrote a book called In Mammy, Sapphire, Jezebel, and the Bad Girls of Reality Television, Mm. Media Representations of Black Women. I want to read this. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, is used to silence and shame black women who dare to challenge social inequalities, complain about their circumstances, or demand fair treatment. So... When when I was younger, my mom was a black theater professor, so we had like a lot of books about uh, black iconic ideas like mm-hmm. um, the Mammy or uh, Sambo or a, what a Pickin' was, and mm-hmm. Sapphire was was one of them along with the Jezebel, right? Mm-hmm. So the Sapphire, according to Wikipedia, is an insulting term associated with the most dominant portrayals of black women. The angry black woman trope arises from the sapphire stereotype, which claimed that enslaved black women were aggressive, dominant, and masculine. In antebellum America, the female slaves, chattel status, race, and sex, and race combined to create a complicated set of myths about black women. Black women are perceived as malicious, Stubborn, overbearing, unnecessarily loud, and violent with African-American men as their major targets as they mock these men for their many offenses that range from being broke and unemployed to sexually pursuing white or other women. And the last thing I wanted to say from this is it says... The 1930s radio show Amos and Andy was particularly one of the first media outlets that reinforced the stereotype. In this production, two white men voiced black characters. Among those characters were black women. The narrative of anger, assertiveness, and frequent emasculation was echoed with characters such as Aunt Esther from Sanford and Son or Pam from Martin. And it has a list of like different characters from... Sapphire from Amos and that was the name of the mm-hmm. character named Sandy was actually Sapphire. Aunt Esther from Sanford and Son, Bernadette from Waiting to Exhale, Medea, <laughs> uh, Wilhelmina Slater from Ugly Betty, it, it Cookie from Empire, Rochelle from I mean, you literally the list just, goes on and on. Uh, the list goes on and on. You could literally name like every, every well, black woman, every black woman mm-hmm. on television. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to kind of talk about this um, in a way that kind of talks about the impact it's had on us, right? I mean, my first reaction right now is, so fucking what? <laughs> so fucking what? Angry, talk loud, stubborn, bring up old shit because you're still doing the same shit that you did 
when it was old shit. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like like this woman, when you know, when you have interacted with different cultures, that bitch is white. Right. That bitch is Asian. <laughs> that bitch is definitely Latina. Because I've seen it in my own Afro-Latino family, right? Right. So I'm just like, she ain't new to nobody. Like right. everybody. She is in every culture I have ever come into contact with. Right. And <clears> which, we've, which we've talked about her a little bit in Kali Rising episode, right? We talked right. about this kind of yang energy right. that women can carry. And that it's just like they the the question though is why do they make her the dominant feature in black women? You know, what is, what do they gain by even though we know this exists in all cultures, why do we find that this is the dominant narrative they want to make for black women? And for me, I think it just goes back to hardness, to justifying the abuse that you Offer her right. It's but, like if but, she's hard. Let's let's do do me a solid for a second. Yeah, yeah. And this is no diss to anybody, any writer, anything. Right. But let's think about the show Insecure, since a lot of people watch that show. Right. Yeah. When I think about all of those characters on that show, mm-hmm. there's no character. Okay, for instance, let's let's um, make it a foil to like Sex in the City. When you see Sex in the City, you have four very different type of women, mm-hmm. right? And in those four very different type of women, you have one woman who's literally embodies Yin, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She's so soft, innocent, almost, she's naive. You know, it's so like ultra feminine, <clears throat> everything has to be just right, mm-hmm. right? And then you have like the sex pod and then you have someone who holds a lot of yang energy like Miranda. Mm-hmm. And then you have Carrie who's like every every one of them in one. Samantha holds a lot of yang energy too. That's what I was talking That's who I... I mean... Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Sex pot yang mm-hmm. energy, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I look at Insecure, I'm, I have trouble in that friendship of four... Finding anyone soft, like mm-hmm. there's there's literally, and, and I'm talking about a show that's written and created by a black mm-hmm. woman. I don't see in those characters anything that I see, and this is no diss. I like the show. Mm-hmm. I watch it, but I'm talking about what I see. We're joking, right? Like, oh, you you're like, oh, so soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hard today. Mm-hmm. But the even the even the idea that we. Mm-hmm are that flexible and that we are that fluid and that we're able to kind of come in and out of these different places and these different kind of representations of, of energy. Right. Mm -hmm. When I look at that show, I mean, do you see anyone that embodies? Well, when I feel like, I feel like who, who has defined soft and nurturing a certain way. Right. Because I also feel like the way we nurture and the way we show soft sometimes is different than other people. And that's just, that's geographically, you know, if I live, I would put it like this. <clears throat> when I was um, back east, I, I always argue with East Coast people about West Coast because they always shit on the West Coast. But anyway, I was debating about like, you know, different types of gangsters, right? Okay. <clears throat> and so Mark was like, <laughs> Of course. No, they got some, of course. <laughs> they were like, you know, no, they're really, really hard. They're really hard in East Coast. I said, We got some hard ones out here too. You know, don't sleep. Now, I'm arguing over who got the best gangsters. But anyway, we go to New York. Or New Jersey, Newark. And there's these guys. It's pretty hard there. It's hard. (laughs) And there's these guys in these these big old jackets mobbing down the street. And I was like, yeah, that shit was kind of (laughs) scary. And but I realized why. It's cold. 
Okay. Right? So geographically, it's cold there. Right. And so that does add to how you respond to life, right? Oh, so, the, the women I met in Detroit, they were some whole different type of women. Right. So my point- And, so, and I say that in a really positive way, like- <clears throat> Like, I felt like, I felt protected. Right. <laughs> and so out here where it gets hot, our gangsters right. are a little, like, wild and unpredictable. They don't have an order or a structure to their shit. They just be kind of, like, wilding out. Right. So my, I say that to say that we don't, when we define soft, we still really think in terms of whiteness. We think of what we think of in terms of white women being mm-hmm. soft because I feel like my great-grandmother was, if we had to be think comparative- was the softer one. My great grandmother was was a gangster. She she just showed her strength in a different type of way than my grandmother does. My grandmother is very direct, and but she also was like running a home and raising eight kids and making it go down. Like she, both of them were like really going at it. But I but I didn't feel like either one of them were emotionally unavailable. They just demonstrated their love in different ways. So for me, sometimes I feel like, okay, so mm. put that on, on that show. The one who just had the baby, I don't remember that character. The one Amanda Seals plays. Yeah. To me, she's like kind of the soft one. Like she's... she's. But see, see okay, I'm glad you brought her character up because she's the only one I could think of besides the person that Lawrence cheated with. Like... Um, oh, but are we conflating soft and thirsty? Because <laughs> I feel like she's... I'm saying there's a certain amount... Man... This is on a personal level. You mm. know how many times, like over in my twenties in particular, and in eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, mm. in those in those years, so many men having the black men having the request for less, being less mouthy, mm-hmm. less sassy, less and more um, like that girl was, and I think some of us call it thirsty, but some people just see it as. Like knowing how to give a good ego stroke, like knowing how to cater, mm-hmm. knowing how to, and I would kind of that work out for her. Well, I would. Should we, should we rewind the tape about how that worked out for her? But I'm saying, and I, next time you see that bitch, you know she's gonna be acting like the other bitches. But even the moment where you saw Amanda Seals' character, this is like a partly like an insecure, like, yeah, <laughs> sorry sure. if you don't watch insecure. <laughs> but it, it, in Amanda Seals' character, when she had the moment of vulnerability, mm-hmm. when she was like having a baby and feeling like she wasn't close to her friends, mm-hmm. and even, even those moments, like you were allowed to see some form of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm thinking about softness, mm-hmm. I'm usually thinking about vulnerability. Okay. I'm you, and I'm really thinking about yin. I'm not thinking about white women, but I had a mother that I have a mother that is very, very both. Yeah. But the outside image is very yin. Yeah. My mom is so soft and so sweet yeah. and just constantly like, she wasn't like this before she had cancer. She, mm-hmm. she switched. Mm-hmm. After she beat cancer, I was around 17, 18 mm-hmm. years old. She just became 100% this person. Mm-hmm. The joke before was like, she's like Julie Andrews mm-hmm. most times until she snaps on you, mm-hmm. right? But she had this crisis, and that crisis turned her into 100% mm-hmm. Mary Poppins all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Just really upbeat, light. Mm-hmm. What does she call it? Up. Mm-hmm. Living in the up. And people love mm-hmm. to be around her. And I've had this same thing said about me. You're not like other black women. Mm-hmm. 
or that's this is the people that don't date me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> you're not like other black mm-hmm. women. You're so sweet. You're so soft. Like, and I'm like, this is not a compliment. Like, no. that's not a that's not a compliment I think to when, me. But to me, okay, you know, I love black women. I surround myself with black women. Like, right. I have shitload of black women. Right. I see them as very soft and nurturing. I think they're that way when they're safe. I agree. So I think the trope is about like when if you're seeing that part of a black woman, you're either seeing a black woman who doesn't feel you're seeing a black woman who doesn't feel safe or you're not or there's an environment that they're in where they don't feel safe because I am surrounded by nurturing, thoughtful, caring, vulnerable. We talk about the rawest, realest things, but I also make sure like my one of my number one priorities in life is to take care of black women. So for me, same, same. so so for me, yeah. I feel like the that's something. One of my number one priorities mm-hmm. is to be soft with black women. Yeah, that because I feel like we don't get the softness. People want it from us, but they don't give it. Absolutely, and so and they expect it from us. They they still remember we're their mother. Yeah, so they still expect no matter how much shit they throw at us, and I mean everybody who's not a black woman expects no matter how much shit they throw at us for us to respond with nurturing and care and guess what but i think a lot of a lot of times we do and that one time we don't is the time we're labeled yeah because i have been overly patient i think i was bringing up bringing up insecure because when i look at these examples so many of them were created by black people and so like me and you maybe the immigrant experience has something to but I'm saying, but me and you, mm-hmm. like we, we are in like creation of media. Yeah. We're in yeah. creation of story. Like the idea that we may be even creating these these characters subconsciously. There's so much room for the yeah. Molly character yeah. to be soft. Yeah, there's so much room for that. There's so much room for Issa to be softer. But Do you the, feel the like maybe because is, it's a show, it's like because I can see that in the evolution. But I'm thinking like. When I meet characters on the show, they're supposed to be basic too. I mean, that's one thing that Issa Rae says. She mm. wanted to write a show about basic bitches. <laughs> when I, when, <laughs> but when I, when, I, when I meet characters on a show, I expect them to shift as time goes on. For instance, with Queen Sugar, mm. Charlie was perceived as the not soft one. Mm. Early on, everybody thought Nova was the bleeding heart. Right. And now if you ain't watch, I don't feel sorry because y'all need to be up on your game. This <laughs> season, who's the cutthroat? Okay. Who's the one that threw their family? I'm, I'm not. Oh up yeah. On. Oh okay. yeah. Get up okay. on it. Okay. And Charlie is so. And and I write characters like this too. I have a character in my books who's like the anti-hero, and like on the surface it looks like she's so hard and tough. But the, what's motivating that is like a type of love that the people who are like celebrated won't go there to get to. You know what I mean? That it's that self-sacrificing of her. Um, and so I think I say that because I don't think black women are allowed to be complex. I don't think we're allowed to be all the thing, all the emotions, but, and for that not to t- tap I, back into a trope. But and I I agree with that to a point. But you know I'm always going to be looking at us outside of the victim. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at us saying, are we making when we have our own platforms? Mm-hmm. Are we being conscious? Are we being conscious to show ourselves as complex human beings? Like, are we being conscious to show, like what you're saying, the characters, I've I've read the things that you've written, like Mm -hmm. the characters you write are 
both strong and vulnerable mm-hmm. and soft and you know and you and you write novels so mm-hmm. you have the ability to go into the person's head yeah. and really deal with their inner world right mm-hmm. and we don't see that on on television right. and we don't see that in film right but even when you're talking about music mm-hmm. Like oh, God. even when we're talking about who did I just start listening to? Our producer got, got me listening Lizzo. Even mm-hmm. when you're talking about Lizzo, like I'm watching Lizzo do like uh, interviews, mm-hmm. right? And there's a certain performance that mm-hmm. I won't say is an angry black woman performance, mm-hmm. but there's even the vulnerability that's being talked about is a bit. I just feel like we can't, I, I feel like it's up to us to keep it real about who we are too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's up to us to, to show all of who we are. I think that this to very, who? to us, to, for us. So, but in media, it's not just us. That's true. In media, it's not just us. And so sometimes I think it doesn't feel safe. I'll give you another example, especially when it's going to be like out there with mixed company. Um, right. I remember when I saw an article that said, Best, best places in the country for black people to live. Best cities. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck, right? Like, because I knew. I knew within years of this article. I knew that part of the reason the article was out was that those places are going to be targeted for gentrification. Mm-hmm. And Lamert was on that list. Mm-hmm. Baldwin was on that list. Windsor was on that list. All places that are currently being gentrified, right? right. <clears throat> so my point is that, like, it doesn't always feel safe to show that to the whole world. And I do think like some of our, sometimes what looks like anger to people is really like, I don't give a fuck what you think. And I think for us, that can be very liberating and lead to us becoming more vulnerable with, even if that's within our personal spaces and leaves room for that within our actual relationships. But with the outside world, sometimes I do feel like part of me is like, you get I don't have to give you access to that of me. The the part <clears throat> that's always tripped me out is when I want to ask you about this too, like mm-hmm. working. And this is I want to say let's let's talk about the the external and the intimate, mm-hmm. kind of in two different right, ba- right. bags, right? So mm-hmm. if we're talking about the external, this concept of being read as an angry black woman. Mm-hmm. When I'm not performing in that way right. in any way, like no matter what you do, no matter what you yeah. do, no matter yeah. what tone of voice you use, yeah. or yeah. no matter how, how many you, you show explain, up. Or I remember when I was a freshman in college, I <clears> came <throat> into my dorm room. I had two. They, you know, UCLA. They put you in little a little tiny box <laughs> with two other people. So there's three people and Jesus. three desks and three beds and three computers, and, and it's literally the size of a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> So you're le- on, top on top of, of each, each other. other. And, you know, <clears throat> me at 18, <laughs> I'm always listening to um, uh, like Black Star. <laughs> all I was listening to was like pro-black shit mm-hmm. all the time and like mm-hmm. just playing like, how does it feel on repeat? I'm dating myself if you know what year this was. But it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I was literally mm-hmm. watching D'Angelo like all the time, uh, like just and just like <laughs> rubbing my hand across Down the, the chest, <laughs> the television chest, <laughs> and the abs. So mm-hmm. and not really and being like, "Hey, what's up?" to my roommates. Mm-hmm. "Hey, what's up?" You know, but not really talking to them. Right. You know, have my Bob Marley poster on mm-hmm. my wall. You know, with the spliff in his hand. And one day I walk in, there's like a barricade in front of the door, and I'm like. Hey, hey! Can, I live here. Can you open the door? And they, 
then they kind of like put the door open a little bit and I have to push myself through the door. They had barricaded the door and they're crouched in a corner hugging each other. And they said, we're just so afraid of you. We're afraid of what you're going to do to us. And I was like, literally at the time, 110 pounds wet. (laughs) Right, right. And I was like, afraid of me? Why? I don't even talk to you. Yeah, you don't even say good morning. You don't even do this. We've already reported you. For not catering to you. You, the music you listen to, your posters, the things you talk about on the phone with your friends. We're scared of you. You're a black nationalist. And I was just like, and they were literally shivering in a corner, like holding each other, like shaking. And I was just, I literally just looked at them. I was like, this is some bullshit. You were just being yourself. I was li- I was living only your life. existing. Only existing. Living I think at life. the time I even had braces. Yep. <laughs> like, Bitch, what am I doing with you? I still have braces on my teeth. I looked 12 years old. I, like, what is so scary? What's so scary about this? And you remember at the time, eight, me at 18, talk about a fairy. <laughs> Super fairy. <laughs> I think all my clothes had butterflies on them. Like, and you had your little hats, your little cute little hats you used to wear. I did wear a lot of cute little you hats. But, you know, my little wool, my little, my little thrift store <laughs> stuff. You know, my little sweaters. You know, you like the artist. And I wore sweaters. I wore a cardigan almost every day. A cardigan. What is there to be scared of with a cardigan? But I remember going to the, the RA and being like, yo, what, what the fuck? And he was like, Indian. He was like, they're just white. <laughs> what like, are you going to do? He's, he's like, I know you didn't do nothing. Right. You know, but that, that kind of concept followed well beyond. Yeah. That was in, that was with my professors. Like yeah. anytime I was yeah. questioning or pushing, yeah. you know, you need to really calm your anger down right yeah. now. Oh, oh, listen, working on a university campus, think about the number of um, reports that come in about disruptive, angry behavior. Mm. And that those terms are only used when we're referring to black students, specifically black women. Yeah. You know, and that's real because these are real reports that generate police involvement. Yeah. Mental health services. Yeah. Like it's real. Right. That's what those two were trying to do to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and so I think like at a certain point, it's like, you know, I had an experience at work where it was like, I... I can't think of a calmer way I could have explained to you that you're racist. Mm. I, I, someone should check on me for even having to endure your racism. But not only do I have to be the one black person here, I have to be the one to say you're being racist, though other people here know your yeah. behavior is racist. So I have to move past my fear right. of being called an angry black woman, my fear of you know, you getting angry, my fear of what all this will look like in order to address the thing that I'm being accused of. No, that I'm being that I'm that I'm having to endure first. I'm first have to endure your yeah. racism. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't even deal with that healing because I have to move past that to, well, nobody here is gonna have my back or take care of me, even though they know they all look at me when she when she makes a comment. Everybody's like, I wonder what the black girl's thinking, right? But nobody says anything. So it's like I have to get past it to say something and then and then still with all the strategy, with all the how do I say this the best way? What's the best possible? Should I email? Da, 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 da. I have to run through all that. It's still, mm. you know, the accusation of 
And then later on when it's played out, even though that person responded disrespectfully, mockingly, you know, laughing, um, angry, stormed out, refused to participate, the later conversation everybody wants to have is about the respectful way to bring up when somebody's racist. That's ridiculous. No, that's real life. That's literally what happened. So, you know, I think at a certain point you're like, well, they don't call me. I think this is where we are really post-Trump, too. I will say that. I think this is where a different day. Where it's like, if I'm going to be called this shit, if I'm being a, 12, a 12-year-old fairy or whether I'm being, or whether I'm a, you know, working in, a in professional, a yeah, right? Yeah. I might as well just live my best fucking life and not care what you think. And yeah. if you, because you're going to think it's that. No matter, you're going to think it's that if you're uncomfortable. You're going to think of that as you're, if you're afraid. You're going to think of that if you if you don't I like mean, it. I mean, but so many black women get fired just off a of tone of voice, just 100%. just off of a or look. kids or girls being sent home from school. I mean, I worked I worked through a dean's office, yeah. and it was like barely any black students at the school. But and all the, of them somehow end up. All of them were there all of the time. The black girls were always in there, and it was always about well, she said this to me, and. You know, someone was always talking about this black girl did this thing. And I'm like, what did she do? Like, but even how I'm saying that, mm-hmm. what did she do? This is this is the thing, right? This mm-hmm. is because you said um, nobody thought to check on me first. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that mm-hmm. I think really has always bothered me. Like, if I seem upset. There got to be a cause. <laughs> Maybe you want to have a fucking check. Like maybe you want to be like, do you need anything? There's some, I heard somebody say something the other day. Let me know if you need any help with that. And in my mind, see, this is to tell you the rage place I'm in lately. In the edge. edge. Nobody ever fucking asked me, let me know if you you need need any help help with that. that. People say stuff like, I'm going to say nobody because black women do. Black women do. (laughs) Black women do. Black women ask me all the time. But other people do not. Don't say the words, let me know if you need any help with that. And if you could just ask me if I needed some help with my anger, that would be more more impressive. Or if you understood that you've actually trained us that you only respond to anger. We've cried in front of you. We've begged. We've expressed pain. We've said, please help. And you don't do a goddamn thing. I've actually actually gone to allies and been like, hey, can you please do this? This is labor I can't take on. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because nobody responds to my tears. No, but it's not that we don't cry. It's not that we don't. We see our babies ripped up. We see our babies shot. You see Uh. us crying and all these things. The only time you respond is when we burn some motherfucking shit down. So what's happened is we have now come to understand that the language you understand is rage. So if that's the only way we communicate with you, fuck it. That's how we communicate. But that's not the only language we have. But see, Thea, I am so on board with what you're saying. It resonates to the deepest core of me. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy, but dealing with them is not healthy. But like we live in a white supremacist country. It's not healthy for us because I want to. I'm talking more on an internal level. I'm talking in relationship, in relationship with our own. No, I agree. I think in our own spaces, we can in our relationship with our men have the rage. Because this is why I want (laughs) y'all to see this. Don't make me go there, Noni. Don't make me well, do we it. We gonna talk. It's called All okay, Heart we Podcast. Do it. We it's gonna called do the it. All Heart Podcast. Like, don't this, make me do it. This ain't the sh- the shallow show. <laughs> I will say, 
then, then we're going for it then. I'm but, saying. So this is what I wanted to talk about. So that's a chicken or an egg situation. Whenever we get back and forth this because this, the men this, and the this, women. This, this is the thing. This is what was in the definition, right? From Wikipedia. This from Wikipedia. Unnecessarily loud and violent with African-American men as their major targets as they mock those men for being there are many offenses that range from being broke and unemployed to sexually pursuing white or other women. These, this is the reason we're angry. We angry at black men because they don't have money and they like, like I'm white about women. To take my personality back now. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to take my personality back. This is what this is the what truth is. Think. This this is the truth. We're both angry. Black men are angry. Black women are angry. We're angry. We're hurt. We're unhealed. We're violated. We're raped. We're abused. And we're great and fantastic and creative. And we have all this fucking amazing magic that we just want to birth and folks won't get out of our motherfucking way. Right. And so at the end of the day, the safest place to take that out is on each other. That is the reality. That's the reality. That's why we keep coming back to this conversation, you and I, because there is no, it's chicken and egg. Who said what came first? There is no chicken or egg. What came first between chicken and egg was a white farmer. That's what came first. Right. They, that's what came. And then when that came, the cycle of abuse has continued. You know what I'm saying? There, these we see we're in healthy relationships and we still feel it. Yeah. And we still have to fight it because yeah. because both of us have been made to feel unsafe. And of course, that's going to play out in the most intimate reflection of each other. I, and that's where I that's where I'm my most unhealthy self. hundred percent. But on, on one level, because it's the safest place. It is the same right for us to feel that way, and so we do sometimes look outwardly when we want to not be challenged that way because but, we can challenge each other in a very but, different but way. But that's where that question of checking on me comes. Mm-hmm. That's that part where it's hard because the conditioning that I see in media mm-hmm. of the relationship of other other folks, mm-hmm. it looks very catering. It looks very like. Um, you know, I watched The Bachelorette. It mm. looks, it looks very much like I'm, I'll, I'll support you, and I'm gonna be there for you. And oh, she's crying. We can't have her cry. Like this concept that you said, like we've cried, we've this, we've yeah. that. That's not just. That's not in yeah. in corporate America. That's not in the university. Yeah. That's at home. Yeah. That's at home. Me being like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling burnout. Or if we say we tired, it's kind of like, yo, I'm tired too. Exactly. It's like that's not. It's kind of like I feel you. I feel you. And 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 no disrespect. I've 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 been in women's circles before. I just stopped talking about relationships because I realized, oh shit! Like none of y'all are really with black dudes. Even the black women that were there, they were with other other. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, well, why don't you just tell him you're burnt out? I remember someone someone said that to me, and I was like, (laughs) I. I wanted to say, bitch, I did. <laughs> but I said I, I, I have. But when you're both facing very similar obstacles and challenges in the world and you're both facing, you're both healing ancestral trauma. and It's almost like there's only so much oxygen left. Sometimes it feels that way. Some, sometimes some, it legit. And then you're like, when somebody asks you for that oxygen, you're like, motherfucker, don't you see this is my life? I just, I just need a sip. Can I get a sip of the oxygen? You know, it, it becomes competitive. It's scarcity, right? It's definitely, it definitely comes from that. And it's definitely something we need to 
And that's that's but, but this is coming from poverty. Hundred percent. Because this hundred percent. This shit and the perception of poverty. But we. But I think that's. But for me, rewind that back for the, the middle perception class. Perception of poverty. <laughs> re, re, rewind, rewind that back for the middle rewind, class. <laughs> rewind. I also feel though, like this is why you know I feel strongly like every cultures that are successful, and we compare a lot of cultures to black culture. I want to be really clear today. Okay. okay. One. Black folks are wildly fucking successful, and you know so because you follow whatever new fucking word we drop or whatever clothes we wear or whatever way we're wearing our hair. We're wildly successful and influential as a culture. When we talk about wealth, when that's the measure of people saying, the reality is other cultures are allowed to stay insular. And it's not viewed as black nationalism or whatever nationalism. It's viewed as, oh, there's such a strong community, right? right? When we have insular communities, no. it is immediately targeted as a threat to white supremacy or or just order. Like, it's just a, a threat to the order of this country. And so if we, I have no doubt, and I've said this before, if we were left to our own devices, our shit would be popping. Mm. And when we have been left to our own devices, our shit has been popping. You know, I was obsessed with um, the breakup of the black family when I was in college. And because I was constantly told a narrative that it was it happened because of slavery. So I started... And then it was welfare. People said it was welfare. and people. Well, I mean, I started studying. I started... Yeah. I mean, I was at UCLA, so I had access to libraries on libraries on libraries. Mm-hmm. So I started going to these libraries and taking out divorce rates and single single mother rates and really trying to see the moment mm-hmm. where those things shifted. And in Reconstruction, like, our families were strong. It's very strong. Our families were super strong, mm-hmm. like... There was, and, and we, I understand this is like a cis hetero conversation yeah. when we're talking about family, right? But there was like a father and a mother and mm. children and they were in a house together. And then this was kind of, that was the norm. That was the norm for, for a, a long, long time. time. Well, but what changed was after the war and folks started the great migration and when in the great migration happened, you know, that's when it started to become like a welfare idea mm-hmm. and but it wasn't just welfare because people point at this a lot. Yeah. It was the employment that could be had yeah. by the black man in Chicago, in mm-hmm. Harlem, in Philadelphia. He was coming. They were coming to the city and he wasn't able to be employed. But she was able to be empl- employed yeah. as a domestic. Right. right. And that began to undercut. Yes. The family dynamic Change of, the family order. Yep. And that, I mean, there's a really incredible book. It's called The Street. It's Have you mm. ever read it? Mm-mm. You should read it as a novelist. Okay. It's, one of the, it's regarded as one of the best novels written by okay. a black person. It's by Anne Petrie. And Anne Petrie really encompasses in that book what, it, what the great migration was, how, how she lost her man, and how she became a single mother. It's kind of like the beginning of the black single mother stereotype begins with this idea that we're going to go north. Yeah. Once we started moving north, we started moving west. Yeah. These these concepts of when when I was watching the Toni Morrison, that really stuck with me, too. These concepts of the angry black woman, my grandmother didn't grow up with that concept. Right. She was born in 1931. The the black women in the 30s and 40s up into the 50s. This is this is a different 
kind of idea yeah. of who we were. Yeah. Like when I read like, cause you know, I'm obsessed with midwifery. Shout out to my midwives. Yeah. When I read about like all, of, like all of these texts of midwives in our communities, this is not something that people are talking about. They're talking about sturdy women. Yeah. They're talking about strong women, yeah. but they're not talking about this. Like they're I not agree. talking about Shanene. Yeah. And yeah. this this concept of Shanene and what's the one that Jamie Foxx played? Um, Wanda. Wanda. But Wanda and Shanene, that shit fucking haunted me as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Like, because I was in these schools. Oh, yeah. They, if you were black, they always called you Shanene. Shanene or Wanda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both you and I have full lips. Yep. And so yep. that's something that it was like. A big thing. A big mm-hmm. thing in that time. And like. The, those concepts of, of how that was really, I mean, boomerang, all of these things. Yeah. This is what I'm saying about the media, though, and media that's for re- sure that's really f- from us. Not just media. I want to add law. So the even the ability right. to move north right. was partly through legislation and promises of policy and things of that nature. Right. And Whenever, whenever something looks like it opens up through legislation or policy, it always comes with a loophole. Of course. And so, even you describing it that way, it's it's an old it's it's Rwanda, right? right. It's like we'll take these groups, we'll split them in this case by gender, right? We'll we'll elevate one group through employment, mm-hmm. um, in a and still in a very um, docile position, right? In, right. A, in a position where they can't gain real power, but they can bring in income for their family mm-hmm. and then we will continue to make it so that the other one cannot and that will create I mean it's that strategic it really is that strategic to know that that's going to create a, a rift in that power in that in that uh, dynamic because wow. it's not that he's not out there trying to get the job but at a certain point the rejection yeah over and over again and then and then the feeling like the person in your home loving you, you can't bring them what you feel you should be able to bring them is just heartbreaking, you know? And she also feels heartbroken, but cannot change that dynamic and still, you think she fucking wants to go work for them? Like, she's like, I'd be so happy to switch places. This is happening in, I mean, fast forward to now, like this, you know, when I was in college, like, the women, high, the black women, highly outnumbered the men. Absolutely, I was going to say that higher education even, is a still, it's even it's still more the same so thing. now. Yep. But even when you see this culture of, I mean, maybe it's just my Instagram feed, but y'all know I ain't been on there. But you know, this culture of black women, we are the, we grind, we the go getters, we we bosses. This this boss black lady culture mm-hmm. that feels. <laughs> that's also like, and you need a there's, but there's still the find a man that's that's gonna be a baller too like they're they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of like coexisting mm-hmm. and I'm always thinking what's happening behind those closed doors like what's happening because you look super employed and you don't mm-hmm. and how does this work but you know I always and I how are these that during the um how are these crack epidemic because remember that you would see like a woman wearing like a professional outfit right I would say this walking with a dude who like he just like Finished playing basketball in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? Like, and it was like normal to see like a couple that looked like she's employed and he's not. And at that point, it looked like he ain't even trying to be employed. Maybe he was. But by that time in the 90s, it was like, it was just normal. Like the, the goal was just to have a man by any means necessary because there was also a lot of violence going on and things of that nature. And so I think there's, that's, that also began to add the piece about black men being um, endangered species. 
mm-hmm. and that the black community began to insulate. And this is this is the mentality we grew up with, right? Which is that, yeah. like, you know, you know, I the age of black men feeling bad about not being able to employ or that being difficult for them moved into a sort of somewhat of an entitlement after a certain point because we began to be overly protective of them. Feel like they were targeted so? by prisons you, and you gang war. Oh, this, out here, I, I do. <laughs> I know, not even just out here, because I've encountered a lot of Midwest women mm. and Southern women, and they're highly protective of black men. Like if you say anything critical, it's like they go through enough, and it's like you do know black women were hung. You know, black women in those homes were raped while trying to keep those domestic jobs and beaten. You do know that. Like none of this shit has been hard for either group. It's, it's not that it's one just group. It's so hard. Like it's not the, that one group needs protection more than the other one. It's just. But then I, there's a traditional part of me that's like, but I'm the I'm the woman. <laughs> like protect me. <laughs> there, I mean, just I'm being yeah, honest. No, but my that's my point. My point is that, but in our community, I feel like it became the thing to protect. That protecting him became more important than protecting us. Like just because we got those domestic jobs, it was like, oh, you good. Right. At least you can get that job. But there was a lot of shit going on in that job, too. And there was like this even like if you talk to older black women, they were like, well, you know, he's just they just I know we go through a lot of shit, too. And it created like this further rift, this idea of like this is where I feel like the entitlement part came in, where it was like. You know, if you raising a son like, well, you know, she's lucky to have you and all this kind of talk, which I personally have heard multiple times. Like, you know, you it's like, you know, I had I'll put it like this, y'all, because, you know, I was growing up during the 90s. You know, we had our experimental times. You know, genuine was out. A lot of shit was going on. And <laughs> I ain't I don't feel shame about none of the things I'm about to say I, right I was, now. I was singing Pony last week. I don't feel full, full I just damn. want you to know I'm shameless about everything I'm about to disclose right now. But you know, I went to private school and so, you know, but everybody back then I've said it before, it was a baby somebody, little somebody, everybody was gangster. And, you know, I found a little gangster <laughs> who was stealing cars. I didn't know that at the time, just so you know. Long story, he got locked up. It's a big thing. Anyway, his mama calls me on three-way, right? Now, his mama, the I want story. you to say, his mama called me on three-way. Because clearly the relationship's over. The nigga's locked up. You know what I'm saying? Well, we, we're, what's happening? I'm like, 16. What are we doing with this, right? Where's this going? Plus, he sent me a letter. The grammar was awful. I can't do this shit anymore. I'm a writer. It's too much. So the mama calls. She's like, you know, she doesn't use his gang name. She uses his government name. Such and such. You know, he's a really good boy. He told me he had a blue Honda Civic, and he showed up in a purple Accord. <laughs> I don't think, well, think we're beyond good boy. Nigga steals cars, right? But anyway, so he's a good boy. She's, she's just pitching, right? She's pitching. He's a good boy. And I know he's locked up right now, but he's really handsome. He's really handsome. He's a good boy. And I'm like, ma'am, I caught him. I'm pulling straight A's here, man. Like, what do you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? But that was the that was the attitude. The attitude was like, you know. But I, I think there's been like a reaction to that. I see a lot of women in their in our age and older and even younger who said, you know, let me get a white man instead because I don't. Feel, I think that started after I, black men did it. I I don't feel like dealing with all of this. It, it what I read from this is just from Facebook. I'm gonna tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm gonna shit. be real with you because you know, Facebook is where black people really act up. It is, 
And, and I'm friends with, and I told you already. I'm friends with all kind of people on yeah, Facebook. People agreed. I never, I haven't met half of the people agreed, <laughs> on agreed. my Facebook feed. But what I see is it feels like you want to be able to uh, be the only one that need the oxygen tank. You don't. You want to be able to be that angry person when you want and not mm. have to be like, and it's just be okay. I don't know. I grew up in a mixed household, so. I mean, I just th- I think where we are now is just after ye- it, it, this stuff has been years. So now we're looking at like layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. You think when women are like, I'm like, I'm 40. Like, let me just give me a white man. This shit's going to be easier. I, I think that I think if he won't, all, he won't be talking about my mouth. He'll I, just be like, right. he'll just be like. I, I think it took black you, women you, a long you, time. You so saucy. I think you. I think it <laughs> you was saucy I beauty. I think it was. A, I think it was a long time before black women really began looking outside the race. I think that's true from all cultures. Like the women tend to stay more in their culture than the men do. The men are like women are women. Pussy is pussy, right? This is what it is, right? But the women pussy are the women pussy. are the women think about the women. <laughs> I mean, could that be our new shirt? That would be another shirt coming to you. But I think the, the women are pussy. thinking. The women are thinking about their kids, and they're thinking about yeah, preserving what, the culture. preserving the culture and what they. So I think it takes a longer time. But I think after generations of like single, employed, educated black women, they're just like, well, I mean, well, like, fuck it. I just think like they're tired of apologizing for being who they are. And we've all everybody's evolved at this point. Like not I'm not saying evolved up. I'm saying like we've all evolved into something. Now I ain't saying that's good or healthy all the time. I'm really not. I'm just saying like things evolve no matter what. They're right. evolving into something. They and I change. think the evolution now is like, okay, you don't wanna fuck with me. Even though I held it down, you know what I'm saying, and then you Why know you have to talk this, like that because right it's what they think, right? <laughs> you know, we didn't heard the story of the the, the black chick that instead of do her do through middle school, high school, college, he go pro. Where she at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gone, right? So we, you know, we didn't love him basketball ourselves to fucking death. Right now, I really want to go on a quick left turn <laughs> down, like. Talking about like wigs, like putting <laughs> wigs on and like gluing down your baby hair and like just talking about just just going down a whole YouTube oh, rabbit YouTube hole. Because man, because a front, a really good like lace front, just application. I'll be on there for five Shout six out to hours. I am Alonzo. <laughs> His shit is amazing. I watch those videos in a daze. <laughs> In a, I don't even have a desire to wear wigs until I look at your page. But homie. you, you were just if saying, you ever want to send me I, I, a I'm, wig, I'm just saying you describe the person who wears that wig. So my point though is, my point though is, it, it was like you know at a certain point because I do feel like at a, a period of time we were like sort of apologetic for being that way, and I mean we were we became that way through the circumstances we were in too. Meaning, okay, we got to go to these fucked up jobs. And work for these fucked up people and come home to a depressed man and still raise these kids. And that shit is exhausting energetically. I think bitches is trying to live their best life right now <laughs> for their grandmamas. For their grandmamas. It's exhausting. So, so you telling me black women are so tired of the angry black woman trope. They picking white men for the joy and pleasure. Is you, that what you're saying? I'm saying that. There are white men who don't call them angry and say instead that they are like, I like that. Because, you know, on they, the, on they the call flip side, goddess. On, right. On the flip side of the stereotype, right. On the flip side of the stereotype, you know, I 
think everybody in every race is sick of their own race first. <laughs> maybe, maybe they just tired of their own people for a while. But I feel like white men be complaining about white women, like that they just don't, that they don't do much in nothing, and they don't like when they and they say black women like go getters and they're so didn't. And they be like, listen, oh, I, I, just do I, your own thing. I've seen so many Fortune 500 articles talking about if you really want to go far in life, get you a black wife. I'm like, what no, really? is this article saying? But my point is like, you can hear that or you can hear, you know, I don't give a fuck about you. I mean, what you going to choose? Bitch, would you like to, ma'am, goddess, would you like to, uh, would you, would you bless me with your presence on my yacht? Where I've ex- prepared an exquisite meal for you. Just for you should the, never have to cook just, anymore. Just for the record. Or you hear, just for I don't fuck record, with you. Just for the record, Thea and I were with black men. Just so you all Just know. so you know. We're clear. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've planted our flags. But, <laughs> but my point, but, but, but it's because we're, we are also very spiritual people. And we also use our relationships to do a lot of reflective I'm, I'm, work. I want to do. A lot of mirror work. Am, I'm trying to do mending. I'm, I'm going to be we honest with you. It. I'm trying to do mending for the culture I agree. in my relationship. 100%. That's it, why it, we're here. That's why we're planting these flags. It, it's, it's a lot of work. Well, I want y'all bitches to know what we out here, what we out here doing for y'all. <laughs> okay? Because every day is... You know, you know, since good days and bad days. You know what I'm saying? That's the Leo talking. I'm not out here doing it for y'all, but I am doing it for the culture. You feel me? The culture, y'all, same difference. The point is, though, like, I think, okay, and I agree. I I really want us to come out of victim mode, but I, but I don't, I also don't, I don't like, I don't like a victimhood mentality. And I like for us to be clear about which shit was externally introduced to us and which shit is innate to us. And that's why I do, when I talk about it, I'm not talking about us as victims. I'm talking about these are the external environmental facts I think that impacted how certain things yeah. developed. And us knowing that, to me, would empower us to then say, okay, well, then I want to figure out what I am innately. Well, Who uh, we are innately. I want to put a little something there because, and then we got to wrap. But, yeah. you know, you said safety. And I think that that's yeah. the kind of the, the maybe this is my my words from the heart. Yeah. You know, I don't experience many black women as angry. No, I don't either. Because I'm in, we, we create safe space yeah. for each other. So I've, you know, I've called you angry mm. and been like, I need to get this off right quick. Can mm-hmm. you can you listen? And I and, that's I, a, and I was like, yeah, man, what's up? Yeah, yeah, and that's a rare. I never thought of you as angry because you came with a set of emotions that you were expressing. But even even that, like all my relationships work like that. Like I need to talk to you about something. Can I, there's even a, a a sense of I want to make sure you're safe. Yeah. Before well, I, before mm-hmm. is this okay with you? Is a good time for you? Is this good for you? Yeah. You know, it, it it's not we always. Own it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I'm at. Like I'm really fucking lit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, is it cool if I talk to you about this? And making sure you have time, mm-hmm. making sure you have space. Mm-hmm. Are you? There's so much consideration that yeah, goes sure. into us loving one another yeah. and allowing each other. Because because when we're with each other, that's when we're in in our in our joy, mm-hmm. right? Like, so to me, this this is such a long, complicated conversation because it's it's so pervasive, you yeah. know. And there's yeah. there's truth to it, right? Yeah. And I feel like my words from the heart is. Do you, bitch? I, here's my thing. You could be giggling and they'll call you angry. You could be uh, tap dancing and they'll call you angry. You could be 
plating food for the homeless and they'll call you angry. I just feel like live your best life. Now, anger is a normal human emotion that we all experience. It's not a state that we should stay in. It's not something that we should be in. And when it comes up, it's something that we need to examine, mainly because it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's exhausting and it drains your energy and we need your energy and all your creative um all your creative expression to move us forward. Like that's what we want to do. So you have to be able to get angry sometimes to even realize you're hurt, to even realize you're afraid. Like that's what anger is. To me, it's a secondary emotion that triggers you to investigate what's that deeper feeling. Right. And I and you have a right to that as much as humanly possible. And you have a right to find spaces where you can feel safe enough being that and work that through with people who know that that is not who you are. That is a normal human emotion that you are allowed to express. But, and I will say that in terms of the outside world and how they view it, that is their ignorance and their problem. Um, if that's the language that they best understand, then, you know, it is what it is. I personally don't communicate with it that often. If I feel like I have to be pulled into the angry mode, then I'm going to shut down fucking communication. You don't deserve my presence. You don't deserve my wisdom. You don't deserve anything I have to bring to the table. So, and I, and I used to let myself get worked up. And now I'm just like, oh, you know what? You just got cut off from some good good. That's your bad. I'm not going to give you any, even in my anger, I'm sharing with you things that would make you better. And you don't even deserve that shit. So respect your mama. <laughs> respect your mama. And as far as we know. We got to do an episode on anger. We are. We, I said, remember, that's what that's we been on do. my list. We, an episode on anger. That might be the next one. We because this well maybe maybe we need to sit on this but this this concept of anger mm-hmm. and righteous anger and is it necessary and I think that that's it's it's a really it's really delicious mm-hmm. little nugget to dig into and yeah. you know I like I said at the beginning I'm I've I've been edgy been edgy don't push me <laughs> close to the edge. <laughs> Yeah, we love y'all. Thanks for listening to the All Heart Podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. And, you know, hug a black woman. I mean, just ask her, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can do?